Welcome to our next adventure with Chemology 411, a podcast about anything and everything. Kim and her guests will take you behind the scenes, behind the story, or behind the bar. So sit back, make sure your seatbelt is fastened, tray table in its upright position, all carry-ons stored under the seats. But for this adventure, electronic devices must remain on as we are ready to take off on our next adventure, introducing Kim Schultz and Kimology 411. Hi everyone and welcome to Season 2, Episode 97. This evening we're going to talk about dealing with death. I'm Kim Schultz and I'm your adventure coordinator for this show. Let's say hi to my co-host, Tyson Harley. What's going on? Oh, I am... It's been crazy. It has been crazy. Uh, This topic, I had another topic that we were going to talk about this evening. And then all of a sudden, uh, Monday happened. And Monday was just a very, very weird day. And um, I didn't really know what was going on at first. I was, I felt off. I felt sad. I felt weird. And then... It's been on August 2nd? Yeah. Yeah, I, I forgot you're going to... Uh, August 3rd is my mom and dad's anniversary. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, so I was like weird... And then what really got me is I figured out what the day was. Like I at that point I was like, okay, let's let's change topics because I want to talk about that. But later on I was watching this Netflix series called Never Have I Ever and it's just a it's just a kid show of, you know, like high school high school relationships and funny and stuff like that. It's on season I believe season 2. Anyway, it's a great show. And on there, the main character, her name is Davy. Um, in season one, during a during her orchestra concert, her dad dies of a heart attack during at the, the concert. Okay. So the whole thing is about this young girl. She she's she's um, paralyzed now in a wheelchair. She basically ends up walking, and now she's thrown back into school. She is um, Indian. And so she comes from this culture with her mom is very strict with boys and she wants to go out and have sex and be crazy and just not live the stereotypical life. Well, anyway, the reason I tell you that is during this one, she she was having in season two, she was having some problems and some stuff was going on. And um, on her phone, she has this message from her dad that says, my perfect little baby. So every time she gets in a, you know, and she gets in so much trouble, she pulls out her phone and she's, she's listening to her dad. And every, I mean, over and over and over, she'll listen. It's the only thing that can calm her down sometimes. And I'm watching this particular episode. And I'm going to tell you that the, probably the last time I cried, like cried, like my eyes will water and I'll get upset, but to cry, like literally make a sound and cry 10 to 20 years ago. I don't really? cry, not even at the funeral. I've done it sooner than more recently than I, that. I kind of like tear up and then I toughen up, but I'm watching this show and I'm bawling and I don't know why I'm bawling. At all, because I'm not really correlating because the whole day was so, like, I got my work done. I did what I needed to do, but I didn't feel right the whole day. And I knew that it was my dad's, like, my dad's anniversary, 
but I didn't remember. Like, I didn't, it wasn't, I just was trying to block it out, and I'm crying, and I thought, oh my gosh, my dad died 15 years ago today, and this girl is so sad, and something happens to her recording on her phone, and she's devastated, and she's messed up, and I'm just bawling, and I'm like this, yeah, we gotta talk about this, because... I'm not like, it, it, it's, it's not something that weighs on my shoulders all the time. My dad is always with me, but I wanted to talk about death. So that is kind of what leads us up to um, our topic. And, you know, with, with 2020 going on, we've had so much talk of death that I don't really think more people have died. I haven't gone to more funerals than in the past. Um, I've just been last year I had one person pass away of a stroke that I that I went to the funeral that that was it um there wasn't any any other ones that I missed there were some people that I knew that passed away but I do not go to funerals and we'll talk about why I don't go to funerals as well so that's what we're talking about is death and my particular one would be my two dads so what about you like what did any, do you have any thing well, to say before Say we again that? for the audience and, and maybe for me. <laughs> Your two dads. Uh-huh. Say it again. Explain. Okay, so my two dads, Terry and Tony, which are like my sisters, their dad died when I was 19 years old. And he died at, 50, I think he was 56 years old, of a brain aneurysm while he was working for Frito-Lay. And I do believe this is in another episode that we talked about because we have talked about my dad before, but not as much as we are today. Anyway, so with, 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 and that was, um, we called him Whitey. That was just his, that was just his nickname. He was a race car driver back in high school and he just carried it on. And now he has white hair. So they called him Whitey. He always had blonde hair and went to white. And um, with him, Uh, He was just, he was so, so funny. Like, you just, he was just so funny. Just a sarcastic person. You guys like stayed over. Oh my God. Yeah. We were there all the time. They were my second parents. Alice and, Alice and um, Whitey were, were my, like, my second parents. And we, I had, I had gotten married. Yeah. We, we talked about this because if you go back to um, mental abuse, you're going to get the story again. But, with Whitey, he 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 was an over-the-road truck tr- truck driver for Frito Lay, so he would drive, and then he'd be gone. He'd come home, and him and Alice would go to the grocery store together. And their date night would be moving the kitchen table out of the way, and the two of them would be dancing in the in the thing, embarrassing Terry and Tony. It was hilarious. Uh, that was just their date night. They always went out dancing, and they were just such a cute little couple. And my mom and dad, same way. My mom and dad danced. My mom and dad did all the stuff. I never, there was never a time in my life where I didn't think I had the perfect family in the world. And so when it came to Whitey, you know, we were, um, Tony was at work and Terry and uh, myself were actually at the pool, which was a couple blocks from their house by Lake Shawnee. And there's a phone, there's a phone there actually. And my friend Pam, who went on the girls' trip with, we went to go see it in Dallas on the girls' trip. She actually, they said, hey, it's for you. There's a phone call for you. At that exact same time, Uncle Doc shows up, which is Terry's uncle, Doc. Um, and he is um, Alice's 
brother. So it's it's their uncle, but it's Alice's brother. So it's not Whitey's family. It's it's the mom's family. He shows up and he says, Terry, can you come with me? Grab your stuff. So she's like, this is weird. She didn't think anything. We're 19 years old. We get up. We might have been 20 years old because I got married. I was married and I got ma Well, no, you know what? I got married June. So this could have been July and August. I'd have to look up the date. So she walks up to the car and Pam comes over to me and she says, Terry's dad died. And as she said, Terry's dad died, I looked up and Terry fell to the ground because that's when Uncle Doc told her. Then they had to go pick up Tony at work and then they went home. Then if you go into my mental abuse one, that's the same day that his girlfriend called me and said, hey, we need to talk about it. Yeah, I've been dating your husband. Yeah, that whole thing. Great. Okay. Off subject of that. So at that point, at that point, um, the, the day before him and his son, Greg, which is Terry's brother, they went to Olin Mills to get their pictures. Back in the day, we had Olin Mills. You got these packages. And Terry and I would go get our picture together. And Terry would get her picture taken with her dog, Spike. And the two of them were going to go in. And Whitey threw a fit. And he was like, no, I've got too much to do. And Alice was like, no, you're going to go get your pictures taken. So the day before he died, him and Greg got to go get their pictures taken. Oh, wow. The next day, he died. And was gone. And... It's, you know, you're, you're young and you just don't understand. And he was, he was 50, like 56 years old. He's my age now, of course, then, then he was old. And so I experienced that first death and then everything went down. It was, it was, everything just started crumbling for the family. There was um, a tornado, messed up the house. Um, there was just all this different stuff that had happened and the, you know, the mom ended up leaving the house and moving over here and everything just fell apart. And it was really, really hard to, to watch that. So I say that's my first dad, but my second dad, my real dad, um, he started, started having anxiety attacks and started kind of forgetting things and started not being normal and not being able to think right and and going into the doctors we thought he had Lyme disease because he had had a tick on him and nobody would tell us what's going on and eventually my dad passed away and um, we'll talk more about that but when it happened Terry asked me she said I don't mean to be rude but you've experienced, and I know this is your dad, but which one was worse? Not who do you miss more, but which one was worse? And I didn't even have to think twice. I said, your dad. Your dad's was way worse. Like, my dad deteriorated. You knew he was going to go. You didn't want him to go. You had faith. You had hope. You didn't know. But to wake up, go to go to, go to the pool, you know, not even see your dad, and then someone say, you're never going to see your dad again, that was, to me, the most horrific thing about, like, that kind of loss to me was so much worse. And... I think she wanted to, like, maybe in her mind kind of justify, like, the guilt that she felt by thinking, yeah, your, your dad died, I get that, but my dad, I just didn't get to see her again. And I said, no, I, she didn't say that to me, but I wanted her to remember, I wanted her to realize that in my mind, um, if 
my dad would have gone to work and then never would have come home, I think I'd have been more traumatized. I was traumatized with my dad, but I wasn't traumatized to where, oh yeah, he's gone. You're, what? Like he, he was fine yesterday. He, he, he went here and he did that and he's gone. And you know, that's how a lot of death is. And yes. so that's my, that's between my two dads. Um, yeah, it's a, it's interesting distinction because to that point, sometimes you'll see it in drama and then obviously it happens in real life too, where uh, someone is not available to view. It's too bad. Whatever happened is too bad. You don't want to see it, right. you know, and that's gotta be a strange thing to your point. If it's an accident or gosh forbid, something like a, you know, a, a fire, you know, because a fire wasn't based on a slow deterioration. It was immediately like that. And then you couldn't see them either. And I don't know what the situation right. was with open casket or, 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 or not. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I always thought as a kid when open casket, I'm like, oh, weird. But then I liked, I, I don't know, I wanted that last little you know bit with my father. When, when my father died, it was, uh, I was away. So in essence, it's kind of, you know, I didn't never got a chance to come back and be around him regularly. It was still while I was in the service, and uh, you know, so I would see him only once or twice a year. At that point, it was my marriage, and we didn't have any money, so we were in California without much money, and because we were in California without money, you know, you're like, well, how many trips do I take a year? You know, I, I, how right, many trips right. do I take? And so it was only one once or twice a year. And so I'd only seen him, you know, whatever it would be, uh, you know, 10 times in the last five years or something, or, you know, six times in the last five, I should yeah, 12 times in the last five or six years, maybe. So that part was weird, but I did get to go home while he was in the hospital. So in that regard, even though I didn't get to see him, it's more like afterwards, it's, you know, what you missed. Because yeah. he, he didn't die when I was kind of back in that direction, and I got to be around him a bit more. And we would have been great friends, so that that was part of it. Is he was just so funny. So as uh, you know, he was funny and positive. So as adults, you know how generally you grow into more like you're you don't you're not trying to shape your kids anymore. There's no more pressure with that, and they're either going to do it or not. They're either going to figure it out or not, and you're just kind of there to, you know, more like you can't tell your best friend how to run their life. You can, but if you do, it's fairly uh, disengaged and you're you're not too concerned. Well, it is what it is. I told them. Right, yeah. And because of that, you can grow closer in a way uh, with your parents as you age and you get, you know, you understand some life lessons and you get to live them and you get to tell them the funny stories about, you know, whatever it might be. And so for me, it was... Uh, you know, coming back, I did get get a little bit of adjustment time, but you know how it is whenever someone's in a hospital, you haven't seen the whole thing yet, and you're like, come on, man, what do you mean pull the plug? We don't have to, surely, surely he's in there somewhere, you know, so right. uh, I haven't had the adjustment time. People have been exhausted for being there for a whole weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh my gosh, I guess so, you know, and so before you know it, it's like I kind of, you know, uh, um, gave away the no, we're going to keep him plugged in. And I said so because I'm the, you know, what was I at the time? 23-year-old son or whatever I was. Oh, and wow. What I, and what I say goes. And so, um, you know, it, it happened just in the next couple of days. And I think because of that, I stayed, you know. And I think we knew that 
you know, you're going to want to come back. We knew he was going to have angioplasty or something. And then I can't even remember. I think, I think you know, dealing with death, some of it is you block out. There's some things you just rather, you don't need to, my sister would remember all the details. I'm one of those, whether it's my bad moments or whether it's other people's bad moments, I don't tend to want to remember exactly. So I will not put it in file to begin with. Right. And so it will never really have made a deliberate memory file to begin with. And I, and so I'd have to think a little bit to even remember, was it that he had gone to go another angioplasty and it was turned for the worst? Or did he just have to go to the hospital? I, I don't remember exactly. I think it was more like the latter. So we just stayed there. And then, you know, I have to come back. And it, I think on the way to the trip back that I didn't bring the wife and the stepdaughter so it was just me, which also felt a little barren, you know, and uh, then it just turned it. It's probably it's bad. It's probably bad, you know, maybe not, but probably. So you kind of knew it might be that you get home and basically go directly to hospital. I, I one thing about death, I can tell you, I always hated that feel of hospitals. And yeah, I don't know yeah, how I'm much sure. I don't know how much that's part of it, because I was never in hospitals a lot. Um, but just this, this feeling of just sterile. And I know, I know the people working them try their best, you know, they try to put in, you know, put some feelings and, but it just doesn't feel like that as a general rule. So unless you're around that person, when they're in the room, it just feels so clinical and, and I hate it. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much of that story I need to say up, up front, but you know, that's, that's a way, that's the only real big close death that I've even gone through. Right. I mean, and to your point of funerals, I just, it is what it is. Tyson's Tyson. I don't keep up with people. Right. I just don't. And if somebody says, and, and I have close friends, and then, you know, it's usually just a few years where that's a real close friend, then they have to go doing something else. We don't stay quite in touch as we should. And so, you know, I, I don't go to funerals. Because right. I'm not in any, I'm not in groups of the people who you would invite to funerals. I, I know that's almost a sad commentary, but I've hardly been to any funerals. Right. I've been to my uncle's funeral. I've been to my grandmother's funeral, that type of thing. But as far as just going to a number of funerals, because I supposedly know people, well, I, I, I mean, I, I've gone to maybe just one or two here in Topeka. That's it. So... Uh, that's kind of my, my background when it comes to funerals and dealing with death directly. Right. It's just not a lot. and I, So I guess I don't know exactly how I deal with death. I think I'm mostly, like I like you said, I didn't, I didn't cry. And I know that seems weird. But then, and it was the strangest thing, it was at the, uh, uh, when you go from the church and you go actually to the grave. And my cousin that I never get along with. He's always seems like he's kind of got an attitude with my mother and always has. And and we've never really seen eye to eye. As kids, we didn't know any better. But as adults, I don't not like him. It's just that we never, ever connected. And at times, he's had run-ins with my mother, which are not appreciated. And he said, I'm so sorry, because everybody loved my dad. And I just burst into tears then. Like, I didn't do it during the service. I didn't do it right. all the way. So I, I hold things in a little bit. Um, so I did, I did cry there. Uh, but yeah, more like you, I don't tend to cry. Right. And as far as thinking back, you know, 
I just when you think back for me at this at this point, it's been so long. It's just good memories, and you go, right. I I miss him. I wish he was here for this. I wish he right. was here for this. And you have the little memories of, oh man, I wonder if you can see. I actually, you know, I did a good thing, or you know, whatever it was, or you know that type of thing, where you go, man, I I wish he was here because. And sometimes you just have those thoughts of, after it's been you know years, you know, months, and then years, and then years and years, you go, man. What, what if he was still alive? I wonder what all the stuff we would have done. Yeah. You know, like now that I have a house, he'd be like, yeah, this is what you do. Let's get your let's get your workshop set up, you know. And we would probably would have, if I would have come back, I would have probably learned how to do word wor- woodworking from him more. Because he always did that growing up and I liked to help him. But I was always renting and never had my own space to do that. There's a lot of things that could have been different. But I'm kind of like, I'm one of those people who go, it, it, what happened, happened. Right. Uh, for me, one of the approaches that always confuses me when somebody thinks it's their fault because what if they were there and then something awful happened? You weren't. You couldn't have predicted it. Right, a- right. And I know that people can say, yeah, but until you're there, you don't necessarily understand the potential guilt. And I'm like, no, no. I'm so Spock-brained. Yeah. I am so Spock-brained. I would never be haunted by the fact that I couldn't have known that if I was there if we had left there, uh, if I had stopped her for 10 minutes and we would have talked right. like we planned to, that then she wouldn't have been at that intersection. That w- I would, I just can't imagine that my Spock right. brain would ever be haunted by that. I, you know, um, I don't think I would either. I, one of the things that I have to deal with because I help a lot of different people and I have people that are suicidal as well. One of the things I had to learn is to realize that everything is out of my control on the behavior that happens outside of me. Like I I like there are times when you're dealing with someone that you in order for me to continue to be not crazy, I have to realize that if the person leaves me, goes over and jumps off of a bridge, it was not me. Even though they look at me and they say, you're a horrible person and what you say is wrong and you're mean to me. I, all I can say is I am just so sorry. And I have had to work on that kind of stuff. So I don't I don't have any of the death stuff. I, I When it comes to my dad, the only thing that I was kind of upset about is... They never really diagnosed him with it until the very, very end. And then the way that at rehab, the way they treated my mom and was rude. If you look back in 2020, and I put this on my on my Facebook, I made a comment about my dad on Monday. And my friend Robin put on there, can you imagine mom Schultz? not being able to be with her husband when he died my mom would have probably my mom would my mom would have taken him out of the hospital she would have gone in there she would have taken him home and he could have just died at home she would not have she would not have allowed anyone to keep her away from her dying husband and that was so shocking last year to me when people were like i didn't even get to what are you talking about like i i couldn't even fathom it i would have been like no we're taking them home they they're gonna die they're gonna die with me that's what my mom would have done one of my difficult things with my dad though was you know he went through rehab they they they, they crushed up his carbidopa. I don't know that it's some time-release drug. They messed him up, and he went from, you know, um, walking. And if you said, Dad, can you go get me a wrench? 
He couldn't talk to you, but he could go get the wrench. Very slowly, he would walk really slowly, but he'd go get the wrench. Or if you were working on a project, because at that time when he was sick, we were um, starting uh, the break room, and you were working on something, he'd come up to you and he'd bring the tool that you needed if you were using the wrong tool. He knew what was going on. But after the rehab, he was not there anymore. And they were trying to make him do these card games and he was getting frustrated. And then, of course, he shut his mouth and didn't want to, he didn't want to live anymore because they were talking in front of him and he understood everything people were saying. And they were talking about how my mom was going to have to get rid of her house and, and how Medicare comes in and takes everything basically from you. And my dad didn't want that to happen. And so my dad made it made a choice. He had a choice. And so when my mom had called me and, and just like I said, I have people, I was up till five o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning with a friend of mine because he was going to kill himself. He was, he has, um, he always had um, bad flashbacks and stuff and he had called and we sat outside his, his parents' house and we talked all night long and I got home at four in the morning or so. I go to bed and at seven in the morning, my mom had called me and, and was like, we all need to have a family meeting. And I was like, Mom, I just got home. You don't understand. It's got to be done now. Um, they're taking him over to the hospital. And we need to know what we're going to do with him. If we're going to you know, do this and we're going to do that and we're going to do this. And I said, we're going to let him go. What? Let him go. Whatever that entails, that's all. And and I think she was a little mad at me for a little bit because I was so, you know, but I had to be the strong one. I had to do my dad's wishes. My dad did not want to. He spit out his medicine. He shut his mouth. He did not want to live anymore. He did not want us to extend this life. He had no function of life. Yeah. And somebody in the family had to be the tough one. And that's the hard part that I have to be that person. And then I have to, you know, listen to like, how can you just make that decision? It's like, I didn't just make that decision. Dad made the decision. And well, I and, made that. And, and now you're, which is fine. You're getting into how do we deal with impending death? And you know what? How many fortunes are lost because people, uh, they lose their judgment when okay, I guess you can try to buy six months or you can see if the person is going to live naturally in some way. And I know part of the reason is very, a very good reason. Yeah, but we want to alleviate the suffering on his way out. I get it. But man, I said many times before, it's like our system is at the end of life. It's uh, how can we drain the estate before the person dies? It's so sad. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was absolutely horrible the way that our that that would have happened. And my, and you know what? My dad made the choice. He could have stayed alive, and and there would have been bills. But you don't, you don't take everything that someone's worked for because someone gets sick, and that's that, that's the cruelness that we have when it does come to and, when and it comes so, to death. It's such a well. Of course, you take them in, and you get all of, and it's like, yeah, well, that would make a lot of sense. But if I had an alternative opinion that says. It would make better sense for that to be, of course, except for the part where it can be tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And uh, American families don't do so good when it comes to having any kind of money left anyway to have those type of expenses thrown right. at them. 
let alone the idea that you're supposed to be able to leave your kids with something, Yep. you know, and, and pass it on and have some kind of a legacy. So what happens, unfortunately, with our system, and to your point of having a, that, that, you know, decision has to, that hard decision has to at least be considered, is that, you know, this family legacy that you build and build and build, all of a sudden, the the medical costs come at you it's in such a flurry that you thought you'd built up and built and built to help somebody get a little bit of a head start uh, with the next generation and, and and all of a sudden you haven't anywhere near as much as you did so so i don't know and that's we probably need to have a what do you do uh, an episode about what do you do to shelter you know your your expenses right, and things like that as you're approaching yeah, you put death. It a, you can put it in a trust but a trust has to be formed so many years before you get sick. Yeah. So because they were like, like oh, if you it's, did if this it's, just to avoid it. It's it's like, a, yeah, I did. It's, it's, yeah, and that's a purpose. Everybody did it that way. But they, you know, they were like, well, if it was, if my dad would have had everything in a trust, then they couldn't have taken any of it. It's a whole different ballpark with the trust. But if so, even if if my mom went and my dad got sick. And my mom, my dad, my mom sold the house to move into town and made, you know, $200,000 on the house. And then my, my dad got sick and was where he was at. Because it was within a certain time period, she'd still have to go give them half of that money. Even though the money was gone, she'd have to come up with it. Was it was absolutely ridiculous, yeah, and, and it was horrible, why, and that is, the, that is the great country we so, live in. When I'm so militant about... When I say these are the types of things people have to deal with, real money have to deal with. Right. And then remember the underlying basis of our society is that when we need, when we, this is why I'm so militant about creating money from nothing and, oh, we should go into debt more because the banks get to create almost all of it from nothing. Now, right. you dealing with real life means your legacy from your generation is at least we have a family home. And what were you considering at the end? No yeah, family home. No, no family and, home. And that money was sick. financed by money that was mostly made from nothing. Yeah. But for you, it's blood, sweat, and tears, and off it has to go anyway. Going back to potentially, the, and this happens all the time. You know, yeah. someone at the end, I, 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 we're getting far afield, so we'll get back to the death thing. But yeah, that's that's definitely a pet uh, a pet peeve for me, for sure. So, so anyway, dealing with death, like I said, I did not cry. when I When I was at the funeral, the one thing... That I realized, and to your point, before that, I went to a couple funerals. You know, a couple of my friends had died while we were in high school. I went to those funerals, and that was more like a social gathering. Like, you all went with your group of friends to go and just be there because you felt that was the right thing to do. Another one of my friends had died, and um, I don't even remember why I didn't go. I I wasn't around, and I actually... um, I, I, I'm sad. My, my friend Darren um, had died, and he was the guy that I liked before I met my first ex-husband. They were friends, and he didn't like me, so I was like, oh, I'll, just, I'll, just date, I'll just date you. I mean, both cute, but Darren was a really good friend to me and um, very nice. I mean, you know, he fought, and he did all of his little crazy stuff, but at that point, he had had a daughter, I believe, and he passed away. He got cancer and he died. And for some reason, I didn't go to it. And because I just don't do funerals, I don't remember why I didn't go to it. But that would be one of them that I really wish I would have whatever reason I, because I didn't like funerals 
for whatever reason I didn't go, I didn't go. So I I, I regret not yeah. going to that one. Um, but when it comes to it, my you know my dad, my dad was in the hospital. My dad was sick, and when he quit calling square dances, these people that were all about him, they disappeared. And that's one thing that made my mom mad is that some of the really close people in his life just stopped coming around. They didn't visit him in the hospital. And that's what makes me sad because I can't imagine if I got sick and that my friends wouldn't come see me. Even if right. I was out of it, I would hope that they would that's take gotta a be little one of bit the worst of time things, is that to come see me. Even if it, I mean, if it's six months, at first you're getting a few. That's one of the worst things. And then as the days and weeks pile up, you're just sitting in that room mostly alone, uh, just kind of waiting for the next, you know, spooky, sterile environment, whatever procedure and check-in to happen. This creepy, ugh. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, it is what it is. If you're there for a short period of time, ah, you broke your leg, you're in a car accident. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're there for, whatever, several days or a week, you get some visitors. But man, if you're there long term, yeah, people aren't going to see you. So that affected me. But then all of a sudden, we have a funeral, and all these people showed up, and they're all, you know, crying. And I'm just looking around, and I'm thinking, are you crying because my dad is gone? Are you crying because of you thinking about your dad dying, or you're thinking about somebody else that had already died, or the possibility and and of course, my friends were all there. The ones so you know, you're observing being Miss Non Cry. I'm you're, yeah. You're I'm like of, they're all. My cousins are sitting right next to me, bawling, bawling, and I'm thinking, like I don't get it. And well, I'm they sitting probably there. liked him. Well, no, they didn't. It wasn't not the not to like him. It's just I in my mind, this is what I'm thinking. <laughs> Is that they're looking at like, oh my gosh, my parents are older than him. This is what this I'm gonna have to it's do this for my yeah. parents sometime because that's kind of what you go when but you go it, to but a child. When, when you're one of these types, is like I just don't cry easily. It just doesn't happen. Then you do see crying, and you kind of have to go. Well, I feel. I guess I feel a little weird about. Not crying. Well, I'm, not, I'm not gonna cry just to cry. That's not the way it works. But. Well, and it's not the fact that I don't cry. It's the fact that every time I did cry, all I would do is I would look up. And there's a cross right up there, and it would just this big this wash would just come through me because I never saw my dad cry, and I just don't cry. And I was like, you have to hold it together because I am the strong one here. I yeah. am the one that's got to keep everybody calm. I never and I don't to worry get about to. I, I tend to. Yeah, I I would not do it. Just because I'm any kind of pillar, uh, I just I am. I'm just Spock. I mean, but they, but they so all these people they're crying and stuff, and I'm just like, what is going on? Could, Why are these people crying so much? And that kind of that that was kind of weird in my brain. I don't know why they're crying, but when I went to when I went to um, uh, Whitey's funeral, I had already because if you go back to mental abuse. I had already gotten mad at my husband that we'd already been married for such a short time. I had taken my ring off and left it at home because I was so mad at him. So I'm at this funeral and I am you know, I'm there with with Terry and Tony and I'm there for them. And I just kept thinking I don't want people to see me without my ring. 
and nobody cares. Nobody cares about your stupid little ring, you little 20-year-old. And so that that was on my brain. I was more worried about that and making sure I was there. I will go to a funeral if I know that someone needs me to be strong for them. I don't have a problem if they're if if I yeah, know that's that your, if you're if, very good if somebody, that. you know, passes away, then I can go in there and I need to be that person, but also being an empath everybody's sorrow is going to come through my body and I have to put up this shield. Hence why I don't cry and why I can be kind of standoffish and unemotional. Because if I allow myself to drive into that, they're just going to kick my ass. I mean, I'm just, I'm going to, it's, it's going to be like being punched and punched and punched. So I, I, it's not that I don't go to the funerals. It's the fact that, and there really has to be a purpose and a reason that I would go to um, the funeral. Like, you know, like my friend um, that I went to high school with, she had twin daughters and they were like 12 and one of them got killed in an ATV accident. And do I hang out with her? Do I know her? No, but we went to school together and she worked at, what my, when I went to the dentist in Topeka, she worked there and Terry and Tony and I and some other people were like, we probably should go together to just to show. So we went there so that she would see our faces and know that we that we cared because that's right. the kind of people we are. Um, I, but I have to sit there and be like, I can't even imagine. Like, I can't even try to start to think about losing a daughter, let alone an identical twin daughter, how, how life is going to be in, in a freak accident. I can't even think about that because my brain will go crazy. So, so Tyson, trivia... My mother, who really, my biological mother, who really is just this, and I'm not saying this jokingly, just this side of clinical as far as uh, insanity, one of her many haunts that she can't get away from the haunts. It's it, they just, she puts it in front of her brain every day, these things that haunt her from her past. Well, I was a twin, but I wasn't identical. But still, right. can you imagine that happening? And the reminder is there every single day and if you're mentally i don't even want to say weak in her case i want to say mentally don't have a good stability yeah mentally then, unstable. um i believe that that could be and i think she always thought i should be mad about it because i was put up for adoption but then found them later um i believe that could be part of the reason i was put up for adoption because other kids were kept um but i wasn't and i think it's just the reminder that of, right. the, of another loss, and it's standing right in front of you. Right. And, and if on top of that, I can't handle all these kids, and so a decision has to be made, you have to make hard choices. Right. And I think she always thought, I know this is an aside, but it does have to do with the death thing. No, so she dealt definitely. with death as in, uh, in, in, in that odd scenario, to your point, of, of, uh, of someone who is still a sibling even though i wasn't identical and i think i'm speculating but you know man you lose one of two twins uh that's rough that that's i mean you lose any kid but then man and if that's identical forget about it as far as dealing so the another thing then is what you know what do we deal with death as far as in the months the weeks the years to follow i mean how does that look different so do you go to the great so how old was your dad when he died he was 52. 52. 
uh, and thus why I didn't really have time to get back to to him after after my service time. I had been to the grave. It's over in Kansas City, and it always is you know touching to me. I always got to have to find it, and I always kind of clean it up. But I've only been there. I always go by myself. I don't really try to. Hey, it's you know it's in Kansas City. It's like. It's not on the way to my mother's house, which you can go through Kansas City and down. You'd have to, you're kind of out of the way, so take a special trip, but it's not very far. Uh, basically, you go anywhere on the south side of Kansas City. You're not very far from it. Uh, and so it's easy, but then you always have to find it because it's one of those big city cemeteries. Now, where is this thing? And I like it. I like when I go. I always wish I would go more often. Um, but I do like I do like visiting the grave a lot, and that definitely makes... You know, makes me feel sentimental, brings me back a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I do go. And see, I've been to my dad's once since the funeral. I mean, if it was closer, I'd probably go more. Yeah. But since it's literally in a metro that's an hour away, and then you have to kind of remember where the heck the thing is, even once you get there. Right. So, I, I say I've been, I, I go, I've been there, you know, I suppose. And I remember I wasn't living near here when he first died so i suppose i've been there maybe six times oh okay and i'm talking yeah you know 25 years well i mean our mine is right over by your old house because he was born in the gage cemetery over there but gage wow. park um and uh, of course if you if you um listen to the episode that we talked about my angel story um he's very easy to find uh driving around because he's right back by like the wall of trees so it's not that hard but i would have to go like i, I wouldn't know exactly where it's at but i could find it because you can see dagan's um grave right there as well but i, I don't find comfort I, I don't find comfort when i was a child i loved going through the graveyards and looking at the tombstones and seeing how old people were when they died and um uh, my um by my grandma and grandpa's house there's an old cemetery in uh, saint benedict and we would spend all the time at, in there um looking it up taking literally took a calculator and be like they were seven years old they were 89 years old they were 52 years old and and that was just something that we did and now like going to the cemetery once again i don't i don't not like it it's just that i talk to my dad almost every day and i like he's always so I, with me i don't i mean sometimes i just think of him and i, oh, and I imagine like every I day I, I, don't. I don't i i because something happens anytime i'm almost killed and i'm not killed that's my dad and i'm like this uh you know or it's just really random crazy things happen to me that if I didn't have a guardian angel, it could have been bad or it would have been a waste of time or, you know, just like just like little things that just kind of like, oh, and you're like, oh, like just little hints and little like taking my direction to the other direction so I can remember something. It, 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 it's insane. I don't like thinking of the idea that even though I like the idea that I'll see him again and I'll see my cat and they'll be hanging out together like I've been waiting with... I love that idea, but as far as just the idea that uh, he could be peeking in, I just don't know what that filter is because I do crappy, dumb stuff all well, the time too. Well, see, that's you know? not—that's not how they're not. They don't literally see you; they see a situation, and more than likely, if he's stopping you from something, he sees ahead what's going to happen. So it's not like he's watching you. It's like my dad's watching me, but he can hear. And I don't really care what my dad, if it says he's freaking dead. So it's not like he's up there. It's not like he's looking in, like staring at me. Unbelievable. He's like, oh my God, 
She knows better than this. <laughs> that would be creepy. But that's not how that's not how I look so at it. So I, I, I take him. We, as, not so loud with the taking the name of the Lord your God in vain. He, your your speaker's up a little high, and I think he can hear you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like God just walks in and looks at my dad. What did your son say? <laughs> Oh, he said feather maker. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. For sure. Yeah. Gosh yeah. dang. <laughs> That's absolutely sure. So, sure. but you know, I don't know, but Monday was really hard. And it, it normally doesn't hit me that way. And I normally don't cry. But it, I got triggered with the fact that she was missing her dad so much. That show is just incredible when it, when you're watching it and you're just kind of like, well, that's absolutely ridiculous. But it's true. Like it's it's so it's so true of acting out and the day and the day doesn't affect me. There'd have to be something weird like I, that. I obviously think about it. Right. And I, you I, know, I I call my sister or whatever it might be, and, and honestly, I don't necessarily I don't. call my mom on that day. I call her on their anniversary. I don't. And I call her on her birthday. I don't go, hey, so this is the anniversary of, you know, I don't. I don't do that. My, my daughter. I, I might. So, I mean, sometimes we think, well, maybe mom would want to hear from My us. daughter um, sometimes buys my mom flowers on her anniversary. My daughter does. Anniversary of, for his, my, uh, of their oh, wedding. Okay, yeah. Of their wedding anniversary. My daughter will go and buy flowers. I don't really celebrate holidays so much in our family, per se, to do that. And I'm telling you, it's been 15 years, and I have it on my Cox, um, my Outlook. It has all these special dates on it, because that used to be my calendar that I used before I went to Google, and it popped up. So that's the only way that I even know when my dad passed away. I don't have it drilled in my head. I don't think about those kind of dates. Right. That's why it's in a calendar because I don't have enough. Well, time I have to, to kind of think, you know, now I think about it because it's like, oh, which day is the day he died and which is the day uh, versus the day of of his funeral. Right. So I always, I mean, you always remember the year. You yeah. don't necessarily remember the date. I remember, I'm like, yeah. okay, no, it would have been. It's not like you're remembering his birthday. <laughs> You know, you remember his birthday. It's, you're not going to necessarily. I suppose some people might, but I'm more I like don't. you. It's like I'm pretty sure it's 11th, and then we bury him on the 14th, or it was the 10th. Pretty sure it was the 10th, actually. Now I'm thinking through. Literally, it was November 10th, and then it was the 13th, I believe. Uh, you know, but that took me a second. It wasn't like it was just immediately. I would I would say that my dad died after his 63rd birthday because my dad died when he was 63, and. His birthday is July 19th, and his twin brother, my Uncle Elliot, was actually in town for the birthday. He was in the, my dad was in the hospital because he never speaking got... Of, speaking of dealing with yeah. uh, someone dying who's a twin, yeah, that's got to be so strange for you. Yeah. I mean, do you think that's part of the reason... I don't know if he listens or not, but he's, he's certainly a cast of in, in the characters that are mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I'm not trying to disrespect or anything, uh, but if he wasn't an identical twin, do you think you'd worry about keeping up with him less? No, I don't. And and the reason being is that growing up, we didn't have a really good relationship with that side of the family. And so there was, it wasn't like we were close. And fortunately, my dad went, so when my dad died and my uncle was in town and they he they the the whole front of the church is pure glass and my uncle is standing next to the coffin and people you could see their knees buckle they would grab on the fate like frank and i were laughing our asses off like 
I'm sorry, but we're sarcastic. And we kept going, people are going to think we're horrible. And I'm like, you know what? We can do whatever we want. That's what really makes me mad when someone dies and people go, hmm, she looks pretty guilty. She's not behaving the way she should. Screw you. You don't know how people are going to behave. So anyway, we're laughing because my dad is standing next to his coffin. Like we just propped him up on a little stand like, well, hello there, people. Weekend at Bernie's. And so this is before. Here's the animatronic version. Yeah, before he was. We planned ahead. Before he was in a wheelchair, then they would have known. But they wouldn't have known because they'd have been like. What did they have the body in a and wheelchair not everybody for? everybody. No would, one knew my know, dad was yeah. a twin. My dad never talked about him being a twin because they, we weren't that close to that what? family. It Why didn't he think through that and go, I need to be here. What are we going to do? But at least I probably shouldn't be right up by the castle. But he didn't know people didn't know about him. It was his brother. He's just standing with the family. I mean, he's just standing there. Nobody knew until people came in and, and we were like, this is Uncle Elliot, my dad's twin brother. And my dad knows everybody. And they're like, I had no clue he had a twin. I'm sure Elliot felt great about that, huh? Well, th- you know what? They had a very damaged relationship yeah. when it came to my Aunt Barbara and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, the stories that I say... Yeah, isn't, that, well, isn't that sad in a way? Because I always thought, and again, I was a twin, but not identical... You talk about the potential for just having a buddy for life that you're just always yeah. gonna, always gonna confide in. And at first you're gonna, I mean, eventually you would move away. Don't get me wrong, but you'd be like, well, we should probably go to college together. Oh, yeah, they went into the Air Force together. Yeah. They did all of that up until marriage and moving and family and someone else stepped into the picture. And I'm not going to go down that road because I wasn't there. I only know as a child of what the stories I remember, which probably are not even half true. But I liked my Aunt Barbara when we would go down there. She was a little OCD, very OCD. She wasn't a very nice person to her children all the time. Um, But we didn't see her a lot. And then... um, she passed away a couple years after my dad. And that's the only reason that I go down there because my uncle came up here and then my aunt died of, she like, on her birthday, they went out to eat a birthday dinner and she got up and fell on the floor and died. I think she had pneumonia or something. So then she died and then I took my mom down to visit my uncle because, you know, that that's really, you know, like, he wanted to get to know us, and then I just go down there because he's freaking awesome. And what really tears me apart is that with 2020, I might not ever get to see him again because he has fallen into this vaccination it'll never, mask. Like it'll, and, and, and then and, the problem with that cycle is that we know the cycle's not going to end. No. And if you're going to take every single next story about, about the worst variant this season as also meaning this is still just as bad as it ever was and forget everything we knew before 2020. Now every single bad one is a reason to be worried about immediate death. Right. Then he's going to have a cycle of years for right. that. Because he's 77, it's not stopping anytime so, soon. So it's not like he's a young pup. So that tears me apart because this year I was supposed to, this month I was supposed to go to Florida and I was hoping that things would be more calm but he requires a vaccine, and we all know where I stand on that right now. And that is of 
8-4-2021. I'm not to say that I am not saying that I wouldn't get a vaccine or get another flu shot if it's included in the flu shot. I have never said that, which is irritating when people think that I am. I just need to have more tests and more proof that it's not going to kill me and give me all the side effects that it's doing right now. So anyway, but yeah, I thought I thought that was that was interesting and 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 no, it doesn't bother me um to go down there he doesn't really sound like my dad he Uh looks exactly like my dad but my dad had a little bit different voice my dad was a singer he's not a singer Hmm. um and my dad was always chunky and uncle ellie was always kind of more like ritzy kind of fashionable and my uncle my dad um was kind of you know wore his bolo and his in his polyester pants with his little cowboy <laughs> shirts so two totally different people like at that country point mountains and city mouse or something right exactly uh, exactly my, that's funny because my mom and her older sister look very much very similar except one was redheaded one was blonde and you can't tell the difference on the phone oh, uh, yeah. you have a real hard time i mean now it's, they're, they're both a little bit older and my uh my aunt has a has a has a problem with her throat, so she does sound different now. But back when they were both just in the prime of their health, good luck knowing who answered the phone. It was it my was, friend Tony and I sound exactly alike. So when so I'm at her that, house, it's funny that that as twin brothers they, they didn't did. sound. So my closer. uncle has sort of. I think it's because of he was in Ohio more, or maybe it's like. Maybe it's his his uh, his mouth, the way like his kind of accent that he has living in Florida, a little different. But my dad is a singer, so he he pronunciates things differently. So right, right. they might have looked the same. I mean, they might have sounded the same at some point, but to me, they they don't. Now, Tony, you know, and isn't I, that weird that when you lose somebody, you never really? It's almost like you can still put words in their mouth and hear their voice exactly in your head. Well, we have like a... Like, you have a voice signature in your head where you're like, right. that's the way my... And you couldn't... Like, if you're not a great impressionist, which none of us are, you couldn't do it. You couldn't do the voice, right. but you wouldn't... If you heard that voice again 20 years later, you go, that's... I know who that is. That's right. my dad. Or, or whoever it is. Well, like... Certain person yeah, and you like, know. you can listen to... We have him recorded video of him singing oh. and stuff like that. So we have all that. Um, kind of stuff. Yeah, my friend Tony, her and I, same when we were in high school, I'd, I'd be at their house and he'd answer the phone and be like, hello? And if it was like her boyfriend or something, he'd start talking, I'd be like this, who is this? And he'd be like, whatever. And I was like, this is Kim. And so actually when I'm at her at her house, well, I used to dog sit for her. I answered the phone one time. I'm like, hello? And they're like, all right, Tony. Well, we got back your um, your pap smear reports. We got all this stuff. And they started telling me all this stuff. And I was like this, whoa, 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 whoa. This is the dog sitter. And she was like, Tony, come on. I was like, this, nope. This come is, on, Tony. This is Kim. And she goes, you sound exactly like Tony. So I get the, I get that. Um, That's I get that all the time with Tony, but not my uncle. When my uncle calls, um, if, if I don't my if my dad had an identical twin, I don't know. I mean, I, it's it's hard for me to. I don't go visit any more than about about a handful of people on any regular basis. As far as over a period of time, I visit visit these people, and so I, it kind of depends on where that person fell. If it just happened to be the close uncle, then maybe you know they live fairly close. But yeah, I, I can imagine I'd want to visit them, but then it might just be, yeah, but he's not as cool. I'm not, this is not saying anything about your uncle, I'm just saying, but maybe I know the distinction and go, yeah, my dad was so much cooler. I'm, I'm in, I, I'm in, I don't really need to visit I would, him. I would go, <laughs> I would go to any of my family's funerals that my mom was attending. 
Oh, like, yeah. like, like, like. Well, I just and, meant and visiting not, them not, after, but yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I would go to to. Like I've got people, we've got them in, you know, down south, Texas and, you know, all different places. And if my mom was going, then I would probably tag along with her to the funeral for a family, um, for a family funeral. But when it comes to funerals around here, I just, it's it's just really hard for me to go. Um, but if someone said, I need you to go or I need you there with me, I would be there. Right. So. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that is our end of our. Oh, can we tease our our systematic chaos? Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to. Um, So that is the end of um, our exciting conversation of death. I don't really think deaths. I mean, I try not to make it such a depressing thing because it's what everyone ends up doing. And so I just at this point, I just wanted people to you know to understand or realize that you know everybody has their own. The a way of looking at it. I would love to hear what some of our people out there listening to this podcast, how they reacted to death or, or what they see or if they think I'm just a cold-hearted person because it's really hard for me to cry. Um, but yeah, we started Systematic we started systematic chaos this um, on 8-4-2021. So you can go back and listen to that one. On that episode, I just talked about my 25 and easy progress. My daughter's new um, uh, graphic design on a hot sauce. I also talked about an old man in a wheelchair looking at my boobs at the casino. Uh my uptight poker player, how my basement, is it going on a weight loss program? I think that's what I talked about. Well, I talked about uh, a horrible cycle of itchy and scratchy and dry and oily. Oh, God. Uh, I talked about uh, seeing adult males at retail places uh, sucking their thumbs, so that was weird. <laughs> and I also talked about I, uh, an adventure with a trying to help a person out but then wondering later if maybe he was the world's most professional grifter and then i gave a little bit of a an update on on my my running uh, adventures so, all right you guys go, go make that. sure you check that out because <laughs> tyson was being tyson let's just say that <laughs> yeah. like only tyson can be tyson trust me go listen to that episode you guys thank you so much for your time we always appreciate our, appreciate our listeners and we're excited that the show just keeps growing faster and faster and now we're doing two episodes a week which is awesome make sure to go to our facebook group chemology 411 if you haven't go ahead and join if you have um go ahead share invite your friends find us on tiktok twitter instagram all those good things thank you tyson for helping make chemology 411 so awesome welcome ma'am we are under an hour. Boom! I mean, 58 minutes, wow. but hey. All right, guys, keep taking all your adventures, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.